Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are the old world, picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do, it's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man. Rashawn McDonald, Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversations. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations participate in the Voorhees College Streamathon. The goal for the Streamathon is to raise $1 million for the college during these unusual pandemic times. We're trying to get the word out nationally. So the show that you're watching right now or hearing right now is airing on the radio station from 4 to 6 p.m. on November 29th. The actual Streamathon will occur December 1st, which is Tuesday. I got a lot of great guests. I actually got the chair person, the official chair of the show today. I'm interviewing her. Her name is Joe Marie Payton. Miss Payton is a human rights activist and four-time NAACP Image Award nominee. She attended Albany State. I'm in Atlanta. That's right down the road. And in honor of her mother, she started the Frankie Payton Scholarship Fund at Albany State College. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm going to call her a dear friend because we've been in different parties together, different red carpets together. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation on behalf of Voorhees College, the streamathon, Joe Marie Payton. Hello, Rashad. How are you, sweetie? <laughs> I'm going good. First of all, you know. Well, no, first of all, let me ask you something, Rashad. Yes, ma'am. Are you staying safe? I, I'm, I, I, let me tell you something. I do eat a lot of dessert, so I scare people because I eat my dessert before my dinner. I'm an award-winning baker, Joe Marie. You may not know that. If you follow my food Facebook, you'll get hungry because I love to post food. My staff, okay. yesterday for my staff, because I just bought a new building in Atlanta. I'm very proud of say that I'm life has been good to me. Okay. Thank you. And I made them uh, some collard greens. This is at my office now because I have a full kitchen at my office. Collard greens with cornbread. I served them uh -huh. this. Collard greens with cornbread, red uh -huh. beans over white rice. And then I had some fajita strips 
chicken and beef. And then I had some flour tortillas. That was an option. They can have a little Mexican fe feast with sour creams, uh, mixed cheese, uh, uh, some pico de gallo. So I'm, I'm just telling you how I roll. How Rashawn McDonald rolls in Atlanta, Georgia. When you come down here, you're going to know you going to, a meal can be served. So if you come, here's the, here's the beauty, Joe Marie. If you come by my office, you say, I'm hungry. You're talking to the wrong person because I can deliver. <laughs> What you ain't going to do, I know we're doing the stream of thumb. You're not going to come on my little show, Money Making Conversation, and use the word throw down. You know, I'm going to tell you something, Joe Marie. I'm legendary. I am on Facebook. People I know. know. I walk through the airport. They might know you to be a television star, singer, finger. People say, Mr. Baker, Mr. Baker. That's the, they don't even know me. They don't even know I do motivation on Money Make Conversation. Right Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker. Right Mr. Baker. Right and so, so I'm just letting you know. Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker. Mr. Baker. That's what they call me, Mr. Baker. So when you say the word throw down, it really kind of offends me because it make because you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who you're talking to. And so, so I would throw this, I would throw it back to you, classy. But I had to step to you. I had to step to you. I had to step to you. <laughs> so, Joe Marie, okay, you're the chair. How did all that come about for Voorhees? I know you're a graduate of Alabama State College, which is an HBCU. Voorhees is an HBCU as well. We all know a lot of donations were given out during uh, this year to uh, a lot of the colleges, and a lot of it's 104. HBCU mm -hmm. colleges. So a lot of right. people know, don't know that donation didn't spread to every college. So why mm -hmm. did you become a part of this and when did you step on board? Well, you know something, Rashawn, I don't know, maybe for the last 30 years or so, mm -hmm. I've been out there uh, supporting all the you know, HBCUs. Mm -hmm. uh, but my main, my, my main one, my baby was all, always Albany State, which is where, that's my home college, Albany mm -hmm. State. And uh, uh, because I was born, there. Mm -hmm. I felt like my mom and dad and my family and I wanted to get back. So it actually started there. So I was with Albany State, I think, 10 years, pretty much 10 years. Right. For mm -hmm. 10 years, Delta Airlines would donate like 10 first class tickets. And mm -hmm. I would fly my friends in, Tim Reed, Don Lewis, uh, <laughs> Reggie, my whole family, Mattis Cast, everybody would come in. Mm -hmm. And we would leave that um, Friday morning, fly in. And we would be there that Saturday and leave uh -huh. out on that Sunday. We had a whole weekend of fundraising to, mm -hmm. to raise college uh, funds. And I personally, myself, always gave away four scholarships, this two man. males and two females. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it actually started with me. I'm one of nine kids. I'm the oldest daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had six brothers and two sisters. But okay. I was number two in life. Mm -hmm. And I remember in 1968 when I graduated here in Miami because I was raised in Miami. All my friends that went off to college, they went to FAMU and Old Cookman. And, you know, those were the schools coming from Miami. Those were the main schools we went to. We didn't have Florida Memorial at that time. Florida Memorial came later. That's our historical college field here. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing under my, my, in front of my, my mom's house under the tree, and I was crying like a baby. I wanted to go to college so bad, I did not know what to do. Mm -hmm. But my mom was on welfare, and she was raising us by herself, and I... I went in the house crying and I promised my mother, I said, if I ever get to a point where I leave, I'm going to take 10 kids to school. She <laughs> said, 10. I said, yes. She said, why 10? I said, for the nine of us in one year. I said, because you should not be able 
he thinks it should not be when you can't go to school because you don't have the money to go to school. You know, right. I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I know I was smart. I was talented. And strangely enough, I was offered a scholarship uh, in art. Mm-hmm. But I did not know, and my mother did not know. So this is where the other part comes in. You got to know. You got to go to those those um what when they have the the summits and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Parents have to go to kids because mm-hmm. you don't know. My mother didn't know, and I didn't know either. I could have gone into college on that scholarship and switched later. I didn't know that. Why? Wow. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. Mm-hmm. All I did know was that I was on a mission to make sure that not one kid who wanted to go to school would feel like I felt that day. Right. And so 10 led to 20, led to 30, led to 100. <laughs> and I think last time I met about, met about 250 kids, something like that. Congratulations. But like I told them, what I give you, I call it jump stuff. And I can't go out there and give you all that money like all the mother folks. Mm-hmm. But I would give you $5,000 or $4,000 mm-hmm. to get you in there. Mm-hmm. Once you get in there, you find out where the rest of that money is. Because there's some more money in there. You got to look for it. Okay? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so you got to look for it. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, when you get in there, you make sure that we don't have to double up on you because you didn't pass a class. There you go. There if you, you go. get in there, you better pass every class there is. Mm-hmm. Now, strangely enough, I'm going to tell you something. I worked with uh, Dr. Prince Brown. Dr. Prince Brown was at Auburn State at that time. Mm-hmm. And I think Dr. Bronson was, was the president there. Mm-hmm. But I worked also with Sam Hewitt. I worked with Thune Cookman. I worked with uh, Texas Southern. I worked with uh, um, Virginia Union, all of them. I've been on all the campuses and stuff. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's it's going to always be a heart throb for me, you know, to make sure that anybody that really wants to go to school or want to continue their education mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. And I know that boys along with all the other HBCUs, they need the funds. They always need the funds. Mm-hmm. You know, I, in, in this era that we're in now with this COVID-19 and stuff, a lot of things have changed now. We're in a new normal. Right. So I'm not specific about exactly what it is they need. Right. I just know that they need the funds to get whatever it is. Right. Because I don't know what the studies are, what all the main studies are now, because our world has changed. And we are virtually in a virtual world with a lot of technology going on. That's right. So I'm assuming that we need technical equipment. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. need we we need uh, um, uh, uh, professors and, and the teachers, for lack of a better word. Uh, we need administrators that can come in back and teach that. They have to have salaries. Mm-hmm. We have to have labs, mm-hmm. you know. And we have to have even promotional money because we have to make a kid excited about learning. Right. Right. Excited about achieving. Excited about being a part of where we are now in the world. We are in, we need the engineers. We need the, look at, look at the wonderful people that went up in space. Look at the astronauts. Look at them and look how diverse they work. You know, we, we, we need scientists and doctors. Well, COVID shows us we need a lot of doctors, right? So we Absolutely. need the medical profession. We're, we're, in the, we're in the new normal. Right. So, and it's not supposed to stop. Learning is not supposed to stop. Right. Let me ask you this. So she was bragging about nine kids, nine sisters, nine kids, children. I come from uh-huh. a family of nine. OK, uh-huh. six sisters, two brothers. See, again, Joe Marie, but you're not going to come on my show and try to upstage. You, you know what I'm saying? You know, you you going to throw that nine out like I, it was going to be a number that was going to be matched. I can match that. You know, my parents, yeah. they was out there populating, too. They were populating, uh, too. OK, but, it, but it's, a, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing, you know, and I'll, I only have one daughter. And I never forget my daughter came home from college. She was going to be you at the time. Mm-hmm. She started California going to school. That's where she was born and raised. 
Mm-hmm. And she came home on for Thanksgiving. This was th- just like right now, remember this time. Mm-hmm. And I met her at the airport. Now I'm so happy to see her because she, like I said, she's my only child, three, 3,000 miles away trying to get away from me. Mm-hmm. But she jumped on my bed <laughs> and she said, Mama, what does it feel like to have brothers and sisters? And my heart skipped a beat. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad. I said, it feels wonderful. It's, it's Chantel, it's what she said, because every time something happens, Uncle Michael, Uncle Frank, Uncle Tommy, Uncle Johnny, that just says everybody just gets together. She said, I remember we needed to paint the house. And you guys had the house painted three hours because everybody was painting and taping it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing. But my heart skipped the beat. And I, and I felt really bad because my mom had said to have two kids. Mm-hmm. And I, I was busy with my career along with the fact that I had gestational diabetes when I had it. I just didn't want to go for that. You know? mm-hmm. But if I had to regret something in my life, that would be the one thing that I would regret. That I didn't have another child. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I, I can I can agree with you. Another natural child. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a, bu- I got a bunch of kids. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. All I'm not that mine. Nobody else they mine. Like those two hundred at Albany College. You know, I, I can agree. Like I say, I, I come from a big family. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, my my parents, my father, the truck driver. You know, third uh-huh. grade education. Mom graduated from high school, and mm-hmm. uh, we live in a two bedroom shotgun house. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I was born in. I was born yeah. in it. And so yeah. and so my whole thing, my, my, I have one daughter just like you. We we, we have such a strong kinship. It's amazing yeah. to, to have to bring all this out in the conversation. And, mm-hmm. and and so and I've had that. I wish I could have given, but I was tied up traveling because I, I, I started out in this career as a stand up comedian. So I was always on the road before I started writing sitcoms and, you know, family, you know, I wrote, uh, I wrote, uh, the parenthood. I wrote, uh, sister, sister, uh, I wrote, uh, the, the, the Jamie Foxx show, the Parkers. And then I started managing Steve, Steve Harvey in 2000. And the rest is history from that standpoint of me being producing and doing a lot of high profile events. But one Uh thing I didn't go to an HBCU school, but I've always had a kinship for creating change and also giving people, uh, information. This was just about information. There's a streamathon that Voorhees is having us to promote. And like I said, it's aired today, but uh, December 2nd, which is December 1st, which is Tuesday, is the actual streamathon. And we're trying to raise a million dollars. And and we're using our skill set, our popularity. We're going to get it. And I I, I know now. Like I said, uh, Don Lewis has been uh, participating in this. Killer Uh Mike is participating in this. Bakari Uh Sellers is participating. And you are the chair, Joe Marie Payton. So, So we got the queen, the queen. The queen. So, 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 you know, you know your country just like me, because I was born in Houston, Texas. I'm still in Atlanta, Georgia. I may have lived in New York, Chicago, uh-huh. LA, but I'm a country boy. I yeah. love baked banana pudding. I love uh-huh. red beans and rice. I can actually cook cornbread. Ooh. I like to throw a little sweet corn in there sometimes, you know, just to just to mess it up a little bit. But uh-huh. what's your, so let's go back to the third hour statement that you had, Joe Marie, because see, well, I, this is what we're gonna do, because we got Zoom now. Joe Marie. And so uh-huh. I already told you I got a kitchen in my office. Okay. So uh-huh. one day, and it's going to be soon. That may be before the end of the year. We're going to uh-huh. Zoom you in the kitchen. Uh-huh. I'm going to be in my office kitchen. And uh-huh. we're going to do a meal together. You know, your version of red beans yeah. and rice, or your yeah. version of cornbread or yeah. your version of whatever your version is, Rochelle yeah. McDonald can match it. How about that? So we, got a, we got a challenge going okay, cool. on. Okay, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So we challenging everybody. But let me tell you something. Okay, so I girl. just did a video with a girlfriend of mine who's a filmmaker mm-hmm. and I uh, did a video for a project that I'm thinking about. 
uh, latching onto okay. New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I did it with my daughter, my granddaughter, rather. And my granddaughter's 12. She did her version of Shrimp and Grits. Okay. And I did my version of Shrimp and Grits mm-hmm. for my show that's called Something Eat with Joe Marie. <laughs> you brought me thinking of good stuff. Oh, <laughs> what they say, you say it, you put it out in the orbit, put it out in the oh, universe, yeah. and it gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Okay, so oh, yeah. so tell us oh, about yeah. this 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 cooking show because uh I'm a, I'm a foodie I'm a food fanatic okay uh-huh. I love for good uh-huh. any I, I got a little segment on my Facebook called Rushan Eats different places I uh-huh. went around the country to eat just throwing people uh-huh. love because I got like almost a million followers so uh-huh. I just post people free just to give them hype and give them some respect and especially yeah, if they yeah. black restaurants they need all the love they can get so yeah. so so you just threw out shrimp and grits. Okay. Okay. I'm a grit man. See, everybody, I'm. A, I love me some grits. Okay. So, so but not with, not with sugar though. I'm not. We all raised like that. Oh, no. Our grits just have to. Good old butter, some real butter, and pepper spray on the top. You straight, you straight you know, country, I, I just like me. I can eat it. Like I don't that, know. Like, you know Anybody say sugar and grits to me need to be slapped. I really, yeah, I'm just telling care if you, I'm not being offended anybody, but uh-huh. grits need, if you, if you really get in country, some of that bacon uh-huh. grease, you pour That's it on it. top of the grits, okay? That That's way you it. don't need the salt and pepper. Just That's put right. some bacon grease, or you can be cool, just put some That's butter, right. pepper, salt, uh-huh. get that bad boy right, and That's you're right. done. You're done. Uh-huh. That's it. See, That's she got you. She got you. She got you. I love it. Yeah, she went so, from all. She went know, from Albany, Opelika, Florida. I'm gonna tell you something. You. you know, going back um, to what you said. You know, going back to college and funding and all that kind of stuff. I, I remember I was doing fundraising mm-hmm. for one of the universities. Yes, ma'am. And when I went in to speak with them about an endowment, mm-hmm. I found out that they had got a donation to Dillard. A million dollar endowment to Dillard to preserve the black cooking style. Wow. I asked them if I could go out and tell my children that it was there. They said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you know something? We got to eat. Right, right. And with all the stuff going on right now, <laughs> we run back and forth stores. That, that's where we go into that other side of there is something for everybody mm-hmm. past what we get in, in our regular general education. Right. See what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Right. Mm-hmm. That they can. Some of the some of the the highest paid professionals in the world are chefs, mm-hmm. and they're not just the ones that are in the big restaurants. Right, they're the ones that do a lot of testing and all that right. stuff. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that probably prepared along with scientists the food for the astronauts. To Absolutely, or for Absolutely. The armed forces or whatever. Absolutely, there mm-hmm. is a job, a responsibility, a duty, a love out there for everybody. Right, and uh, sometimes you just got to go beyond. Your, your your basic education. Right. And uh, and that's why we need to make sure that we keep funds available mm-hmm. for these kids to go into these schools, but also the, the, the universities, colleges and universities have to come up to par also. Right. I don't know what they're doing right now. Years ago, I kind of knew, had a general idea of what the studies were and, mm-hmm. and what, what was required and this, that, and the other. But I'm sure that things have changed now. If they haven't changed as much, then they need to change much more right. and come up to where we need to be technically, scientifically, medically, and all that other stuff. And also that's why I agree to continue. And I probably will always do it in some, some way on some level to always try to help some young person and even some mature person. Because I remember there was a time I gave out uh, scholarships to, to uh, some young people mm-hmm. and we were at the ceremony. And then I wanted the young people 
took part of their money and shared it. This was a, a, a female, an African-American female. She asked me, though, she said, Miss Payton, would you mind if I gave half of my scholarship money to my friend? And uh, she has two kids and she wants to come to school. I had no problem with that. I almost broke into tears. Hmm. Then by the same token, there was another young man who was finishing up his last year and he still had funds left. And he asked me it would be all right if he passed his funds on to somebody else. It just it 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 just took my heart. You know, I, I don't I don't ever ask anybody to give me anything back and there ain't too much anybody could give me because first of all, God blessed me with he blessed me the ability to know the difference between rich and poor. And it ain't got nothing to do with what's in my pocket. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. It has to do with to my, my, my heart and my soul and stuff because I can become a millionaire, a multimillionaire today and tomorrow be a pauper. Absolutely. Well, I can be sick and not be able to enjoy that. Definitely. And uh, my richness and my value comes in in my spirit mm-hmm. in my belief and understanding that I'm not responsible for anything, but how I treat people, how I let people treat me, and who I believe in, and I believe in him. And mm-hmm. he takes care of me. Mm-hmm. So he makes sure that I don't get caught up in anything except what's necessary and what's available and also what's important to people. I love it when I see people progress. I love it when I see young people do- doing things that's their heart's desire. It makes me feel good. It, that's the kind of stuff that'll make you take the shirt off your back and give it to them. That's the kind of stuff to say, if you take this, you're going to use this because I know you're going to put it to good use because you understand that it ain't just about you. You want to be a contributor to the world in some way that's lasting, that's everlasting, although you won't be here right. at the end of time. You want to be able to contribute and leave something. That's why we need people to donate to these colleges. That's why we need the money for those who have that passion. And I always tell people, to tell the young people anyway, you are going to have an opportunity in this life because we, we, we're under the service of a, somebody that's so powerful and so awesome until you're going to have the opportunity to maybe have three careers. One third of your life, you're going to spend doing something that maybe you don't like to do it, but you're good at it, so you make a lot of money at it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to spend one third of your life doing something that you love it so much, you'll do it for free. That's your passion. <laughs> and then you're going to spend one third of your life floating around saying, well, now, what, what am I going to do now? Because you know, mm-hmm. that's life. Mm-hmm. And we serve an awesome God. So you got an opportunity to do that. So the young people that have a harsh desire to do something or to be a contributor in a, in a special way, that's the kind of person I really want to push. That's the kind of person that I really want to beg for. I'll beg for some scholarship money. I'll beg for some investment money. I'll beg for that kind of person because I know that what they want is coming from deep inside and they feel it like that because they can put it out like that because it's, they know it's not just for them. Wow. You listen to Joe Marie Payton, and this is the Voorhees Streamathon Hype Show. And when I say hype show today, on Sunday, we're just hyping it. Because on December the 1st, that's Tuesday, the actual streamathon will happen. We're, our goal is to raise, and she said it, we're going to raise $1 million, but we need your help to raise that $1 million. Because we're motivated to create change. And HBCU, HBCUs have been pushed out into the, into the light because of President-elect Kamala Harris, the vice president-elect Kamala Harris, is a graduate of HBCU and a member of the AKA sorority. Just add more, add more, add more blackness. I I keep telling you, I'm gonna make a sci-fi. By the way, just let you know. Just let you know. Just just let you know. See, see, when you go that way, I'm gonna follow you right down the road. Okay. 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 And what's so wonderful about that too? 
is that those organizations, all of them are about service. They mm-hmm. always have been about service, mm-hmm. which is why they're so powerful, not only nationally, but internationally. Right. And, uh, and, and it's wonderful that they're represented the way they are represented, represented on the college campuses, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want, to, we want, we want our, our young people that are going in to keep that in mind, too. You know, pledge. Be of service. Right. Be, 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 be diligent. Right. In, in your studies. Mm-hmm. Please don't waste time. Don't mm-hmm. go in there to just party. Mm-hmm. Have some fun, but don't go in there to just party. Mm-hmm. Don't let your parents, whether you got money, whether you got money donated, whether you got a scholarship, whatever, don't let that money be wasted. Go in there and do what you're supposed to do. Come on out and do what needs to be done. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You know, Ms. Payton, let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, we talked about HBCU, we talk about family, we talk about living dreams, and we talked about trying to change lives with these scholarships dollars that we're trying to raise for the Streamathon, which is happening Tuesday, December 1st. And we want people to make a donation. And the fact that these donations are tax deductible, that's going to be real. They're tax deductible. Yeah. This time of the year is when people make these type of donations. And like yeah. I always tell anybody, it's a, you know, a dollar got President elect Joe Biden elected. So it doesn't take much to be a donation. And more importantly, okay. it's about understanding the change that you can make when you make effort to create change. And right. your life, when you look mm-hmm. at the, the things that's happening, COVID happened this year. We didn't see that coming. How did it affect you? Because I, my, my story, I tell everybody, honestly, you know, when it happened, it was like uh, moving in slow motion. I didn't uh-huh. know how to go out in public initially. I had my gloves. I had my Pirelle. I had my mat. In fact, I didn't have a mask at the time. I had a kind of like a ski mask. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like pulled it up above my nose. And I went in Home Depot and I came out. I didn't know did I open the door too fast or do I put Pirelle on? And so I just locked down into the house for about several weeks till I mm-hmm. trying to figure that out because it was the whole factor. It was so much unknown about mm-hmm. COVID. And I say we know a lot now, but we kind of yeah. know how to live with it now. How yeah. did it react to you and how did you deal with it in your family and the surrounding individuals who you come in contact with? Okay. You know, first off, when we... Um when we got the notice that we had to lock down, mm-hmm. I was uh, facilitating mm-hmm. for a um, after school program mm-hmm. in the arts and theater, and all. And we were just getting ready to do, do one qualified tribute to the OJs, all my little people. We were ready, costumes and made, never had sign making, and we never got a chance to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the the first hit I got was I missed my kids, and I know they missed me. And it wasn't just about the show. I had been with these young people for like two years at the Performing Arts Center. Now, as far as my immediate family, so I missed them. That that because I was on a schedule with them. Mm-hmm. Now, my immediate family, my husband is a respiratory therapist, mm. so I spent plenty time praying for him to be safe at the hospital, him and all the other medical professionals, but also praying he can bring it home to me. Absolutely. And, uh, mm. But also, I prayed for my daughter. Mm-hmm. who worked for the county, and she couldn't stop work right then, right mm-hmm. that minute, but she did eventually come home, and my granddaughter, of course, was underage, so she had to stay there. Mm-hmm. I stayed home. They say stay home, so I basically, for the most part, I stayed home. Right. Whenever I needed something, my daughter would go out for me to get it, or I start ordering stuff to, to, order to bring it to my house. I became the queen. I'm Amazon and Walmart <laughs> and Target and everybody else that was the Sam's Club, everybody. Mm-hmm. I ordered it into the house. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I sat up there and gained like about 10 pounds like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. I did. But the, but the way I handled it was that I tried to follow the science mm-hmm. and what people were saying. Mm-hmm. 
And the way my husband was feeling when he would come home, like he, looking like he was going to drop dead at the door, you know, mm-hmm. pulling off all his stuff, dropping it in a special bag. Well, of course, they don't come home with it, their stuff, but back in a hazmat suit. Mm-hmm. But dropping his stuff in a special bag and washing his clothes, stuff. And then, you know, we tried to be, we tried to use the caution that we knew we had to use. Mm-hmm. We also used the mindset because even though we're strong and healthy, there are a lot of people that are not. Right. That's why I can't understand why nobody wants to wear, well, not nobody, but a lot of people get upset about wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just going to be upfront with everybody about this. I, I've suffered from AFib. And I've, uh, had AFib. I've had AFib for the last four years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and for a lot of people don't know what that is, that's an irregular heart rhythm mm-hmm. is what I had. So mm-hmm. it, it was hard, kind of hard to breathe. Sometimes I'd get a little winded. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Get a little winded. Mm-hmm. And I was always the kind of person. I'm a Leo. Mm-hmm. I'm hyper. Pisces. I'm the kind of person. always move fast. Mm-hmm. I dance fast. I talk fast. I do everything fast. Mm-hmm. For something to hit me like that when I thought it was bronchitis. Mm-hmm. And I thought I had AFib. And I said, what the hell is AFib? Mm-hmm. So they told me what it was. And I was in the hospital. I went to the emergency. You know, I told my daughter. My husband wasn't home. And like I said, he's a respiratory therapist. He came home and I said, babe, check out the step Check me. Check me. He said, what? I said, clean. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. He said, well, let, let me shower real quick. And I said, no. Chantel's on her way. So my daughter took me to the emergency. When I got to the emergency, they said, Miss Peyton, what happened? I said, I can't breathe. They started running and carrying on, and they took like a few hours or whatever. And then I said, listen, give me some Robitussin or something. Let me get up out of here. Y'all just give me something so I can breathe. You know? <laughs> and they said, no, Miss Peyton, your heart rate, they told me what the heart rate was. Uh-uh, we can't let you go nowhere. So we need to the hospital. Mm-hmm. That evening, um, uh, my cardiologist came in, the one I had in loving the and he said, Miss Payton, he said, um, we're gonna have to keep you and find out what this is. I'm I'm getting I'm gonna get to the main party. Mm-hmm. You gotta keep you and find out what took your made what made your heart race like that. You were on the verge of maybe having a stroke, you know. Mm-hmm. And saying, You look healthy, I'm not diabetic, I don't have high cholesterol, I don't have any of that stuff, and I'm 70 years old this year, mm-hmm. but I was 60, uh whatever, 66, whatever at that time. So anyway, then it came in the next, I stayed that night. Mad is all get up and go because I'm not used to being in the hospital and people don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. So the next day I said, well, okay, then can I go home? They said, no. And then they came in, they had on a mask and they put stuff on the door and they put quarantine. I said, okay, now y'all really scared me what is going on. And so we're trying to figure out what kind of, what, what triggered this? What happened? You know, we got to do some extra, some more um, exams, of respiratory, mm-hmm. upper respiratory, mm-hmm. whatever they have to do. And so, uh, I said, okay. Then they came back that night. This is Sunday night. I went there Saturday morning, came back that Sunday night. And they said, okay, Miss Payton, we figured out what it was. And I said, what is it? They said, you have a rhinovirus. I said, what the hell is a rhinovirus? And they said, the rhinovirus in the nose. It was all in my nose. That's why we didn't hear it in my chest. And it, it was all in my nose. Like mm. It was like, when I tell people I was blowing my nose prior to that, and it was like that glue. You know that old glue? That mm-hmm. you used to, that brown glue, you used to right. a little red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It'll thick like that when I blow it on my nose. So that was stuck in my nose. I'm believing that I had anxiety attack because I couldn't breathe and it threw my heart rhythm off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Long story short, he came in and he said, Miss Payton, we got to reset your heart. I was bad. <laughs> reset your heart. Reset my heart. I said, when are you going to reset it to? They said, well, we're going to reset it back to normal. And then they started laughing. I said, well, I was always told I had an athlete's heart and a slow heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I say that to say this. 
it was difficult for me to put that mask on. One of the main reasons too, I stayed home is because I didn't want to put that mask on. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I went anywhere to visit my daughter or to go pick up my meds, although I could have had them brought in, mm-hmm. I, I like going to get my, I know mm-hmm. my people at my pharmacy. Mm-hmm. I know their names. Mm-hmm. I like them. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see them. So I mm-hmm. did go out once or twice a week. But I hated putting that mask on. My husband, right now, I may, I may have like five or six different masks. He's a respiratory therapist. He would bring me different masks to try. None of them made me happy. But you know what? I wore that mask anyway. Mm-hmm. I still wear a mask when I go out. I got about five or six of them in my car. And not only that, I have a homeless man that I love to death. His name is Travis. Mm-hmm. And I've been back home 13 years. I came here to take care of my mom who got sick and my brothers and sisters while nine to fives and I, my schedule is more flexible. This homeless fellow that I that I took to up, I love him to death. Mm-hmm. His name is Travis. He is here in Miami. A lot of people in Miami, Miami girls, they know him. The first thing I thought about is, oh my God, Travis don't have no mask. They're not gonna let him in the store, you know, because he, mm-hmm. he's homeless, he's dirty and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he knows my car because I blow. Mm-hmm. I blow and he knew my black Cadillac. Mm-hmm. Whenever I blow, that's Travis. <laughs> in wintertime, Travis got a blanket. Mm-hmm. He got a little Christmas box or whatever with some cookies and stuff that won't get wet. Because mm-hmm. I know he's going to stay there. But he's happy there. He's happy there. I'm happy there. Mm-hmm. But I knew he needed to go in the store to get his vegetables and things. And so I had an extra packet of a bass for him. Mm-hmm. And when I gave him the mask, he looked at me. His eyes got real wide. And he said, thank you. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Mm-hmm. I, I, what can I say? I, nobody can make you wear a mask. Right. The mask is not just for you, although you need it, it will help you. Mm-hmm. The mask is to help other people. Mm-hmm. We can do this. In the schools, the kids, my grandbaby want to go back to school so bad. Mm-hmm. My daughter has her out. Some of her friends are already gone back. Mm-hmm. And then we found out one of the kids in there got, you know, COVID and one of the teachers got a teacher's back. Now, a little kid will be back too. Mm-hmm. We're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. It, it's a dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Not only in the schools, in, in the homes, in the in the in the, the, the for sure in the hospitals, mm-hmm. on the streets, wherever else. Mm-hmm. But if I if I had to say something that really came from my heart about this whole situation, it's not going to kill you to wear a mask. Right. It might save your life and somebody else's life. Right. Well, it's not an easy thing. And the minute I get in my car, snatch it off. <laughs> just before I go get out of my car, I'm mad putting it on. But I'm still here. Mm-hmm. I'm still healthy. My family's healthy. Thank God. My my neighbors, I've lost a few cousins and a few friends. Mm-hmm. So it is personal. Mm-hmm. But I know these people want to go to school, not just the little kids like my grandbaby, mm-hmm. the college students. Because mm-hmm. they like that interaction. Right. They like that professor standing up there. They like that they like that dialogue between each other. You know? mm-hmm. We're going to do whatever we have to do in order to continue to learn mm-hmm. in education. And we're going to help them. We're going to help all these kids, even if we have to be virtual a little bit more. But I think, like they say, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, it is. So, so we got a lot of young people going back into the brick and mortar, going back into the buildings. And when they get there, we need to be prepared for them. Mm-hmm. That's everything from the from the nursery school, from the kindergarten, all the way up to the elementary, the junior high, the middle school, the high school. All the way to the college and universities, Harvard, and all, Yale, and all the others. We can't stop learning. We can't stop living. 
and for sure we can't stop giving. Now on December 1st, I want everybody to call that Doomsday. Doomsday Tuesday. <laughs> Pay your dues. Help some of these students, these people that will probably be in a position to help us later on in life. It's going to get better. We're going to make it better. And we're going to get that million dollars on Tuesday because y'all going to help us out on that. Joe Marie, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for being a part. You are the official chair of the event, the Voorhees Streamathon, Tuesday, December first. Appreciate your time. You owe me something. We're gonna we're gonna reconnect because uh, you owe me some cook-offs, and I want to promote that new TV show, that cooking show that you got coming out. So yes. our relationship is bonded. I yes. love you. You got nine. I got nine. You from the country? I'm from the country. All right. We love each other. We stay oh, and also, like I say, thank you to all the celebrities that have agreed mm -hmm. to jump on board, you know, and and understand how wonderful it is to love these kids and and uh, and to love our HBCUs and want to give back and and just contribute uh, something that we know don't cost nothing unless I time, you know, um, I time and I love. Awesome. Also, for all of my my friends out there, all of my colleagues out there, <laughs> and those that want to jump on board too, because they're some that have been calling me now. There you I go. love you guys so much. Let's just do it for Voorhees, for the Voorhees family, college family, mm -hmm. and, and all the other HBCUs. Come right. on, let's come up. I'm going to tell you something. Mm -hmm. I went in, I never worked with it, it was years ago, and this was uh, Morris Brown. I was visiting mm -hmm. in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. Mm -hmm. but I, went, I was at Morris Brown, and it's at the time when they were dissolved and things were going mm -hmm. down. And uh, one of my daughter's friends was there, and all the kids ran out, and I felt so bad because they thought I came there to save the school. If I if I could have saved the school, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. financially, I would have saved mm -hmm. the school. Mm -hmm. By the same mm -hmm. token, Florida Memorial is our historical black college down here in Miami, mm -hmm. and I go out there and do do things for them also. But one of the first times I actually got a chance to go beyond the theater, the Lou Rose Performing Arts Center, mm -hmm. which is basically where I would go to do whatever I had to do or to watch the kids perform or whatever. I had to go around because one of my, my, my girlfriends taught music out there, taught instruments and things, violin and stuff. And so I had to go around to the back of the college. When I went to the back of the college, I sat in my car for about five minutes and I cried. And I said, oh, my God. Oh, my God, they need help so bad. I said, mm -hmm. I was always in the front. I always saw what they wanted me to see. Right. That time I saw what I needed to mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, our Boris family needs it. All of our HBCUs, okay, colleges, it. colleges and universities need it. Mm -hmm. You're going to see what they, what a lot of them want you to see. And some of them, and, and for the most part, what you see is what it is. But if you see something that's not what it is, let your heart tell you to help make it better. Because there's always going to be some young people that want to go beyond what they already know. They want to know more. They want to do more. They want to be more. And we should. We wish. And we will. And we will. Thank you, Joe Marie Payton. Thank you for coming on the show. Streamathon, December 1st. She's the chairperson. Again, thank you. God bless you. I appreciate you. you. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Right. Be safe. Okay, dokie.